It's the WP Minute. This content is sponsored by Connect. They create handcrafted digital products like WordPress plugins and themes. You can learn more about them at Connect. That's Connect with a K. ConnectHQ.com. This was part of the WP Minute Content Bounty Program, where today's author earned $200 to write and record this episode. Thanks to Connect for helping us create content like this. Today's episode is bittersweet. It's one man's take on how Gutenberg has impacted the WordPress community deeply, down to the core. How the weight of control shifting in our space has shuttered him. The constant tug-of-war feeling that splits our community. And with all that, making this his final act for WordPress, at least for now. This man is former WP Minute Managing Editor Paul Lacey. I've known Paul for a while, and he's a great person, and genuinely cares about the people around him. He and I both hoped that the WP Minute project was different enough to re-energize his love for the space, but it only masked it temporarily. Ironically, it was through today's essay slash podcast that reassured that stepping away from WordPress is the best thing for him right now. I wish him all the best, and I hope you do too. By the way, the content bounty program that Connect HQ supported, Paul wants me to donate the $200 to a big orange heart, and I'll be doing that right after I publish today's episode. Okay, enjoy today's episode with Paul. In the 2015 State of the Word, Matt Mullenweg, co-founder of WordPress and CEO of Automatic, gave the community a homework assignment, learn JavaScript deeply because it's what's going to allow WordPress to thrive for the next 13 years. It was a clear signal that something was coming, something new and something big, and that something was change. Change in an industry can be a great thing. In fact, with change, more often than not, comes great opportunities for those willing and eager to embrace. But then there are others that don't really have a great deal of control over their place within the system. They are forced to adapt and accept. For those people, change can be bad. Growing up in a working class family in the 80s, we weren't poor, but money was tight and work was always hard. My dad was a toolmaker in a precision engineering factory. He and hundreds of his workmates worked long and hard hours, paid by the hour. But something kept them together with a sense of place, the community. The individuals within the community formed groups, fishing clubs, chess clubs, table tennis and football reading clubs, dance nights, live music, street parties for the whole families of the workers, all run by volunteers and self-funded by the community itself. My dad specifically was involved in the fishing clubs and competitions. He used his skills to make fishing spools and reels, which he would sell to his friends at cost. He even made his own wedding ring out of a melted down 50 pence coin with the likeness of Her Majesty the Queen's distorted image wrapped around his finger on the inside. Industrial progress, growth and maturity ultimately led to change. The company was bought out by an American investor and was broken up. New teams from the States were brought in to modernise and capture new business opportunities. The precision engineering part of the company was closed to be replaced by a printing press business. After over 20 years, my dad lost his job, as did all his friends. The community broke up, fractured. People lost touch. You can replace the jobs, but you can't replace the community. Once it's gone, it's gone. This sense of community is something I've had within me for my whole life. I've always sought out a tribe of like-minded people. I was always playing in bands in local music scenes and travelling the UK skateboarding, meeting new people and gaining new insights and experiences. Around the time I finished university, I broke my ankle. Slowly I hobbled away from skateboarding, but the feel of that community is always with me. When one of my best friends from those days, Matt, 
died a few years ago. I attended his funeral and over a hundred old friends from the skateboarding community attended to pay respects and celebrate Matt's life and talk about old times. Some people there didn't even know him personally. His image was also artworked onto a local skate park vert ramp in his memory by a local graffiti artist as thanks for his major contribution in helping to get the park's green light from the local government. This was the power of the community and why people matter the most. I was without a tribe for over a decade after university, stuck in the trap of the 9 to 5, until the day I decided to go to a WordPress meetup in Birmingham, UK. I'd found my new tribe. Over the following years, I attended more meetups and solidified great friendships, both online and in the physical locations where WordPress communities would gather. People were welcoming, shared knowledge in abundance, and the sense of togetherness was strong. I started sharing knowledge myself as a speaker through videos and podcasts and this led to some unexpected opportunities in the WordPress space. My confidence received such a boost through these opportunities, all gained through a philosophy of sharing and giving back. Some of those opportunities would take me to places way outside of my comfort zone, especially public speaking, but I was reminded of the thrill of performing in a band to an audience, or the feeling of throwing myself down a set of stairs on a plank of wood with wheels. At first I would speak and share about technical things, design, UX, subjects I'd become an authority on, through mostly just sharing. Later, I would gain confidence to speak publicly about mental health and my own struggles and how I worked through some of those times. I was helping people, but I was in fact on my own journey of mental healing through an ongoing personal challenge to become more honest and less guarded about my feelings and challenges in life and business. The WordPress community provided the safe infrastructure to do so. WordPress had become one of the most important things in my life. Just like my dad's fishing club or ping pong tournaments, it's more than just software or bats and balls, it's people. And while the software can be forked, the people can't, or at least they shouldn't be. So back to WordPress the software, the change Matt Mullenweg was talking about was Gutenberg, also known as the block editor, and his announcement to learn JavaScript deeply was a hint of things to come. The project began life as a plugin, built upon the React JavaScript framework. Gutenberg promised a big step up from the tiny MCE text editor WordPress had been using for a long time. It also changed the tech for developers and contributors to the software itself. PHP was out, JavaScript was in. Competitors to the WordPress software, Wix, Medium, Squarespace and others had more rich content native editors built into their software products. Many felt that there was a desire by Automatic to bring WordPress's content editing capabilities up to that level. The purpose would be to negate the threat of the competition collectively posed. Whilst WordPress's ecosystem of plugins had already created a superior editing experiences to the competition in the form of page builders, Mullenweg wanted the core of WordPress to provide rich text editing free for everybody as part of the vision for WordPress to democratise publishing. But the threat from the competition was never really to the open source software itself. It was to Automatic's products and services, namely WordPress.com, a hosted solution in direct competition with the Wixes and Squarespaces of the web publishing world. In the past, the beauty of the open source software was that you could do WordPress your way. It was a base CMS and powerful functionality could be added through the huge ecosystem of plugins and themes. The historically low barrier to entry for developing plugins and themes for WordPress is one of the major factors behind the platform's success. We all did it our way, and although there's always been division in the community in certain corners, we were at least strongly united in our philosophies of what WordPress should be at its core for everyone. But it seemed for Automatic perhaps there was a growing need for the software to be a fully featured product in its own right and allow its own products and services to better compete with commercial rivals. 
Many people brush the motivations of Automatic's control of the software off as conspiracy, but really it's not a secret, it's simply a strategy and so far it's been incredibly effective in growing the open source software and Automatic as a business in relative harmony. While interviewed by Sarah Rosso at WordCamp Italy 2014, Matt Mullenweg was asked about how he monetizes the growing Automatic and as to what business model has been behind its success. In explanation, Mullenweg addressed how a corporate company can be both profit and community-minded. He explained that they created what he referred to as a hack, whereby all the software and intellectual property belong to the non-profit WordPress.org project, meaning neither Automatic nor any other corporate entity could directly monetize the software itself. Mullenweg followed on to explain how Automatic then aligned its for-profit motives to the community side by being a major contributor to the open-source WordPress software. Mullenweg explained that the more Automatic wants to make money, the more the community and the WordPress.org project benefits from the software growing. In fact, the ecosystem outside of Automatic has done incredibly well, and it has been projected that the WordPress economy will be worth over $635 billion by the end of 2021. Meanwhile, in a matter of just seven years, Matt Mullenweg had successfully taken Automatic from a company of just around 20 staff to a team of over 1,600, along with an over 5 billion company valuation. And Matt's persona is seemingly that of the successful tech entrepreneur, yet approachable and eccentric, while wielding huge power as WordPress's self-appointed benevolent dictator for life. Perhaps though, at this scale, the original idea to align profit and community motives has become a challenge too great to balance, and the needs of the company have become too binary in the way the software is managed, too focused on profit, growth, acquisition and market share. What does the hack really translate to at this level? The release of WordPress 5.0 saw the introduction of the Gutenberg editor into core. In the years leading up to this, the community watched the Gutenberg project progress in the form of a plugin. Many prominent WordPress voices stated their concerns about the upcoming proposed merge. In his article, Is Gutenberg the End or a New Beginning for WordPress? Ian Paulson of Delicious Brains advocated for the Gutenberg project to stay as a plugin for longer before considering it for core. Plugin developer Jeff Starr in his article, Thoughts on Gutenberg, was in agreement. Chris Lemmer felt the editor missed the mark on the real problem WordPress should be trying to solve for end users. While seemingly cautiously optimistic, he had a major concern for the cognitive dissonance people would certainly experience editing content this way with blocks. Many were critical of the Gutenberg software itself and saw the inclusion into core as premature. Block options were inconsistent, a lack of any global colour or typography configuration, and a sense of indecision about where a theme's role ends and a content editor begins. It wasn't that the development team involved weren't doing good work, but it seemed that the model and process of development of software that had worked so well for a simple yet powerful CMS wasn't translating to that of a complete web design tool for end users. For me personally, a solid layout system at the core of any design or WYSIWYG tool is the absolute foundation. The simple concept of selections or rows and columns is essential, and if this is done well, then it gives a tool like Gutenberg endless scope to build upon. But the inclusion of such a system was discussed pre-launch in the project's GitHub issue 219. The idea proposed for such a layout system received positive support from commenters, but the idea was pushed back and declared not in scope for the project at this time. 
Some commenters responded with concern that if this wasn't feasible for version 1, then launch should really be delayed. Some warned that if such a fundamental feature was absent, then third parties would immediately look to solve this problem for end users, meaning down the line, as core caught up, there would be confusion for end users that had adopted early. Version 1 launched and a solid layout system was not included. The issue was closed. In retrospect, the most poignant prediction for me personally was from Morton Rand Hendrickson in his article Gutenberg and the Future of WordPress, Conditions for Success. Hendrickson was of the opinion that if Gutenberg was to go into core, then the impact would be so great that there should be an official fork of the core software created and maintained. Rand Hendrickson claimed that if this was not done, the community would fracture. Immediately following the launch, something never seen in WordPress history happened. A core feature of a major WordPress release was review bombed, and it's still happening now, daily. The Gutenberg plugin currently sits with a 2 out of 5 average review on WordPress.org from a pool of around 3,500 opinions. And from here, the predicted trouble brewing had inevitably come out in the wash. For the developers of the project, this must have been incredibly painful to see. It was the beginning of a major fracture. On one side, people were being hurt or displaced by the actions of the strategy. And on the other side, people were being hurt by the words of those who needed to find a mechanism to protest. Fast forward to late 2021, development progress has been slow but notable for the block editor as a product, and the Gutenberg block editor has gained many fans as its feature set has vastly expanded and continues to improve in each iteration. Block collection packs have been released to partially bridge the design capability gaps for professionals and end users building out sites. As it stands at the moment, all things being equal in feature parity with your average page builder, the block editor delivers a very performant website. The output code is relatively clean and new third-party blocks are being released on a regular basis. That said, there isn't feature parity with Gutenberg and the leading page builders, so the comparison is problematic at best. An infectiously optimistic Jamie Marsland of plugin shop Poodle Press tweeted comparing the Gutenberg block editor to the invention of the electric guitar, amused whether Gutenberg would have a similar profound impact on the web. One commenter in particular disagreed quite strongly and presented an alternative metaphor. 2021 has seen a phenomenal and unprecedented investment into WordPress through major acquisitions, buyouts and mergers, fueled by the change and new opportunity for businesses to get on the bandwagon. Bruce Lemmer has turned 180 degrees and has now fully embraced blocks. Lemmer also seems to see the commercial future of blocks and had a central role in the acquisition of Cadence Theme and Cadence Blocks by Liquid Web. So why am I feeling displaced by all this change? The fragmentation Morton Rand Hendrickson predicted is real and it's growing inside the community. I don't have confidence in the software to continue to provide a base from which we can all thrive. In fact, I'm questioning where my place is in the core of this community and if there is, in fact, a place for me and those who feel as I do at all. For the sake of my own well-being, I've had to narrow my own scope of what WordPress means to me to be more about software than community. As a persistent voice in the community and an evangelist for WordPress, I've found myself these days more of a marginalised buzzkill. I don't have confidence that Block's concept will work from a user experience perspective for the scope it now aims for, and I do believe that the builder aspect itself is not fit for that purpose. But this isn't a problem, right? We can just all mind our own business and get on with doing things the way we like or how I like, because WordPress has always been about embracing choice, hasn't it? So why then do I feel that with each passing second, pressure building to embrace Block's intensifies? 
an article published on the WP Tavern by Justin Tadlock, titled WordPress Classic Editor Support Extended for at least another year, documented the decision by WordPress Executive Director Josepha Hayden Chompo C to extend support for the Classic Editor for a longer period of time, a plugin that disables the Gutenberg Block Editor. The article quoted core committer Jonathan DeRosius, saying, There is a theory called the diffusion of innovations that looks to explain how, why, and at what rate new technology spreads. It separates adopters into several groups based on when they are willing to take the jump. Innovators, early adopters, early majority, late majority and laggards. The statement summarised perfectly an often stated opinion in the hype around Gutenberg that we must all get on board and embrace the block editor or will fall behind or become irrelevant. Personally, I build websites for my own projects and for clients. I'm a fan of the Page Builder as a solution. Specifically, in my case, it's Beaver Builder, the Page Builder known for its stability, ease of use, and for being developer-friendly to extend, and for me, an amazing tool for design. But a commonly echoed part of the new WordPress narrative defines my place in the community by my level of adoption of Gutenberg blocks. What this means in my case is that I am perhaps, at best, just a late adopter. I haven't yet embraced blocks yet, but inevitably, I surely must in the end, shouldn't I? And if I continue to fail to migrate my workflow to blocks, then perhaps I'm at best classified as a laggard, because apparently the page builder is dead, as is often claimed in discussions online, or at least it's yesterday's news, apparently. But the truth is, for people like me, the deal breaker at the beginning of the project in omitting a legitimate layout system has rendered the Gutenberg editor inappropriate for our needs. We're not laggards, we just don't see this project as an innovation for design. In fact, many of us see Gutenberg as a missed opportunity. The WP Tavern's article prompted over 100 blog post comments. Plugin and theme developers and end users and designers posted comments of protest and dissatisfaction with the handling of the rollout. In response, those in support of the Gutenberg project were often strongly in disagreement. There was a clear divide in opinion and little room for middle ground. The sense picked up by many was denial of a problem. The fracture was widening in plain sight on one blog post alone. A promotional video advertisement for the Gutenberg block editor comparing blocks to page builders was released by Automatic. According to the video, page builders could be slow and cumbersome, while Gutenberg was fast. And page builders could completely destroy your website, while Gutenberg was stable. Discussion on social media questioned why such a video even needed to exist and saw its release as a move motivated by panic around adoption of Gutenberg in the face of user choice. Clearly though, I'm not alone in my disillusionment. John James Jacoby poetically tweeted his feelings about the strategic handling of the project. It sucks big time. It's not fun. It's not better or easier or more accessible. It's a hostile takeover via friendly fire. And I'm really, really depressed about it. Jacoby was retweeting a post from Chris Wiegman, who said, The deeper I get with modern WP dev, the more I understand why newer devs don't like to work on it. This is not the same project as it was in the past. The learning curve is now extremely high, regardless of past experience. Matt Cromwell tweeted that he felt the concern should be more about the barrier to entry when he said, The biggest hurdle I see to getting into the WP market is not the big corpse, it's the learning curve, to develop on WP. It was previously far easier, it's more challenging now and requires more skilled development. That is pushing investment as much as anything. As Cromwell notes, the differing skills now needed to contribute in WordPress have increased significantly and this is driving huge investment. Every week of 2021, sometimes even daily, comes the announcement of a major plugin theme or brand acquisition within the WordPress space. 
There is a change of the guard from the community ownership to that of the corporate, a shift of wealth and power from the individuals to the larger stakeholders. This isn't the ecosystem that I joined when the sharing and abundance mindset was the first and foremost driver. The ecosystem now appears to be much about the exchange of dollars for consolidation. Yet the narrative simply continues that everyone will eventually get on board with Mullenweg's vision. Everyone will embrace blocks. And what's more, blocks will do everything and replace everything. From a business perspective, we've witnessed many companies and individuals that have a stake in the success of Gutenberg push this narrative hard. There is, of course, a lot of money on the line. In a recent talk at the Page Builder Summit, one speaker, previously employed by Automatic in the acquisitions team, but now co-founder of a prominent WordPress brand, presented a talk called RIP Page Builders. The CEO, whose company sells premium Gutenberg block-based add-ons, took to scare tactics taking the viewers of the talk to Elementor's Terms and Conditions page during the talk to warn us all that if we stopped paying for Elementor Pro, then over time, things on the site might break. Furthermore, he warned that your reputation could be potentially damaged as well as a result. Many attendees push back at this point, questioning the difference between a user's risk with Elementor versus the like-for-like risk using the vendor's own plugins or any other third-party add-on for that matter. Again, misinformation about non-block-based third-party plugins being a risky business that break your site or ruin your reputation climbed back into the forefront again, just like in Automatic's promotional video. But in this case, the claim was that a third-party on top of Gutenberg was somehow different. On the positive side, core team members consistently engage with the wider community responding to comments on the plugin repository review system for Gutenberg, asking for specific feedback on what can be improved. But the reviews are largely responding to critique at the fundamental level of the project, and the requests for feedback are seemingly to miss or swerve this repeating sentiment. Typically, these requests for feedback by the outreaching core team members are met with the loudest type of silence. But like a raft down the rapids, even the core team with the best intentions to act upon feedback can really only steer slightly to the left or to the right to avoid the raft hitting a rock, losing yet more passengers. Paddling back up the river to choose a different route at this point, that is out of the question. But is it really community engagement or is it just change management? Many folks reading this may have had the unfortunate experience of being made redundant from their job and found themselves in a period of consultation, also known as a stay of execution. A way to keep the voices of opposition in the meeting rooms and out of the corridors where the echo is more prominent. To be the recipient of a change management strategy can be very depressing. You want to speak, but you know deep down it's a waste of your breath. The narrative many of us feel being pushed needs an urgent rethink because it's dividing us further each day and it's pushing people away. No more learn JavaScript deeply. For those stuck in the shallows, we can reassure them to climb out of the pool and walk along the side instead. No more RIP page builders or PHP's dead. No more embrace Gutenberg or fall behind and please, I'm not a laggard, at least not yet. Promote the benefits of blocks for when they work, but also remember what came before and what has driven WordPress forward and what continues to thrive. I've been fortunate to be a voice in the WordPress community for some time now, and what a fulfilling journey it's been. I've been a guest on countless podcast shows, co-hosted over 150 live streams, delivered workshops, meetup talks, joined editorial teams, and even briefly joined a major YouTube channel. I've spoken on the stage multiple times about everything from UX to mental health, and I've made hundreds of friends, some of them I truly believe will be friends for life. I've really had an amazing journey thanks to what the WordPress community infrastructure provided. I'm grateful for everything from everyone. In finally getting my thoughts down on paper and furthermore talking privately with a few individuals that read my early drafts, it started to dawn on me 
I'm burned out with WordPress. The division, the forced adoption, the acquisitions, the narratives, the uncertainty, the politics, the change. Last month, I left my role as co-host of the This Week in WordPress podcast show. A few hours prior to writing these final paragraphs, I resigned my position as managing editor of the WP Minute. I've decided to take a big step back from the inside baseball talk of the WordPress project and from being a prominent voice, curator and evangelist within the ecosystem. I love the software and what I can do with it. And I love my friends in the community and the memories that we have made together. I want to thank all the people who have been a positive part of my journey over the last decade. We'll still be friends and I'm still in the digital community. I still care deeply about sharing knowledge, both about tech, mental well-being and telling stories. And I'll still be doing that. So we'll regularly cross paths, I'm sure. And thank you to all the contributors of the WordPress project, whether the core software or the third parties extending it. And of course, to the co-founders, Mike Little and Matt Mullenweg. I'm excited to explore and share new things in digital solutions for end users. And of course, WordPress is all part of that. But for me now, WordPress will be the tool or one of many tools. WordPress should not be about forcing the adoption of change. It should be about celebrating choice. That's a philosophy that glues a community together. Otherwise, it's no longer community. It's just software. I'm sad to see Paul go from the WP Minute team and take a step back from being a uh, figurehead in the WordPress space. Paul, we wish you all the best. If you want to be a part of the WP Minute project, I still think we're building something pretty cool here. Go to the WPMinute.com. Make sure you subscribe. Join as a member for $79 a year. You can join our private Discord and chat with us and help us shape the news. Want to do a content bounty like this? Join. Let me know. See if I can help. It's the WPMinute.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.